get acquainted with your own self. Acquaintance is knowledge of self. Without self-knowledge, there is no lasting peace. has been this kind of generative question, which is how do we hold the kind of enormous potential that's emerging in the world today at the same time uh, as acknowledging the intensity of the crisis that we're also encountering. Um, it seems to be transformative. So there's a kind of um, intensity, I think, between these two possibilities, sort of transformation and catastrophe. Because, you know, we can see it, we can see it simply as a chaotic moment, as a crisis moment, as a moment we don't know what to do, or we can kind of respond to it creatively. And I've been thinking a lot about this in relation to, like, Henri Bergson's thought, which sort of views evolution as this kind of creative proactive response to the circumstances of the world, so kind of reaching back into the world with a telos of intentionality. So kind of holding those two for me anyway. And obviously, like, there's a, we're, we're in a moment the world is election going on, your relation and your terrorist, uh, mass killings, all these kinds of things that are in the news. And I, I relate to that in a lot of different ways. Kind of that with horror and violence and um, with anger. You know, I relate to it with um, indifference a lot of times, you know, and numbness a lot of times. It just kind of is there and this kind of mute force that uh, I just can't deal with. Um, but where I feel that what I'm most interested in, like when I'm not terrified of it, is relating to it as, as an artist, relating to it creatively, and seeing, okay, not just like how does that turn into a poem or a book or what have you, but how does it actually, be, how does it effectuate a reality? To bring things to a topic that I think is more worth our airtime, I think that there's a lot of privilege when associated with my ability to write these poems, and that, um, in a certain sense, it's an indulgence that. I thought I was in um, sort of like a first. It is very important for people to a fire. who have, and, and you know, I was like a hero. Uh, yeah, and white and privilege. people would follow me. Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。
posh. There are ways in which the rearranging the furniture. We are well, that's cool. racist without knowing. That's knowledge. very postmodern, yeah. but it's not vital and it's not We important. have burden to explain to each other how racism functions. What it's is life and, and death? Of color to explain to us. Because that's what is going to make that's me listen. That's the biggest thing for me right now as is audience, thinking about that component as of a it. Reader. Because it's not their responsibility to explain what gets how your we're balls in a wad. It's know? our responsibility to learn know how we're doing it. You, tell each other how to stop doing it. Or puts you toward the edge, because that's what's going to rivet me. So then the next question is for someone who's very educated in an affluent society who's contemplating these questions as the artist of the artist in society. What is of life and death struggle for someone who's in that position? And I think that's where our vocation and passion as mystics come into play. Because in so, in so many respects, we've got our bases covered and we've got all our basic needs taken care of. We're now on the self-actualization wing of the pyramid if you want to use Maslow's hierarchy. What is life and death for us? Because if we're not creating life and death art, what are we doing? And um, if, so for, for me, a life and death matter, for example, is the new Jim Crow, where I have black brothers and sisters by the millions being cycled through the criminal justice system in the United States of America. It's thick, it's big, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, maybe, maybe what, what, what we're seeing is kind of, uh, kind of an antiodromial kind of reversal uh, or, or certain forces reaching their limit or their extreme and, and starting to... I'm just pointing invert, out that there's inverse, kind of, invert themselves you know, or kind of happened, turn into their opposites. And uh, so, so I, maybe we should qualify with my crisis. It seems to me like everything is going according to plan. If you ask, a certain, if you if you look to a certain agenda right now, uh, it looks like uh, capitalism is doing extremely well, and um, and uh, law and order, you know, as as violent as they can be are uh, very much in place and know. not really threatened at all. Uh, Trump is the result of an algorithm, right? He, it was always going there. It's, 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 uh, it's the result of propaganda techniques and, uh, and, and uh, you know, that were designed very deliberately during the First World War. And he's, he's the end result of this way of thinking. Um, Everything's going according to plan, as far as I can see. The man then, let me complicate matters further by saying he, uh, nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Which is you're sitting down and you're saying, you know what? Without drugs. I really don't give a fuck if people like this. He's I am an artist. Logically, that's what this down dude to the very does. molecule. And he I just have to express. That's life and death. Because people will be like, this is a pile of crap. I'm leaving. Under and then, and ahead of nothing to gain, nothing to this lose. This is why I went to the like, Trump Hotel. You know what? It's Whatever there. happens, happens. It's real. It's a building. With this name, it's all gold. It's amazing. Everything about it is amazing. Okay? Uh, That's real. I went and there and compassion with and realization Versus, of and consciousness of and awareness of what they are deepens. Uh, and I there's this longing to see He's that reflection in others, to see saying, it in the world, to validate that, to confirm it. And, He's not making stuff um, up. You know, he actually did it. Depending on where we look, we he can have that either smashed okay. or All the other uh, stuff. invited. Is made up. Is made up. All the novels um, and all this. In a very, very, very That's all made up. He actually did it. Yet an invitation. So, why not? You know, continue down that path. Continue to explore that.
And so, um, you know, in a way, I appreciate not being, you know, understood in that moment because I'm not really sure we can understand that dimension entirely other than to <laughs> so we'll recognize there is we'll. this sort of we'll. sensibility so we'll of consciousness that we are and, see in, in, in and to, to and I think we'll part of the power. point of being here and connecting in our conversation now is that exploration is that well what do we do when we start from there For many years, many more years than humans have lived on this planet. So Sort of along the same lines, Mark, you're saying you're creating a, like a living system. Um, I think there's an important point to be said about art, and I got this from John David Ebert's work. And it's this idea that art, art isn't, it can be deconstructed, yes, it can tear things down, it can create a revolution, it can show you a possible world and become a kind of talos, a kind of attractor towards that world, and so destabilize the world you're in. But art in itself, um, C.S. Lewis said that it seems like there's no plan because it's all planned. seems like there's no center because it's all centered. So it might just be that we just aren't seeing it the right way. Uh, in the Baha'i faith, these kinds of energies are known as energies of integration and disintegration. And they both play a role in birthing something new into the world. So things that are old have to disintegrate. Obviously, whenever something is disintegrating around you, it's pretty terrifying. But the idea is that it has to happen in order for uh, forces of integration to take place and build something new out of it. I'll tell you a little story. I was going through some very difficult um, crisis. This is about five years ago. Everything's pretty good right now. But about five years ago, I was having these um, visions and lucid dreams and um, extraterrestrials. It was really uh, very scary. So I went to this Buddhist teacher, Reginald Gray, uh, Madonna Ocean, and I had a conversation with him about this. And um, you know, I asked him about the democracy. And he said, well, you know, he listened very mindfully and was very sensitive to where I was coming from. And um, he said that there's really nothing anyone can do to help you. You're sort of on your own. And that actually gave me a, a great deal of confidence. Um, and he said that he thought that demonic was fairly rare, but I actually don't think it is that. I just think it's rarely talked about. Um, because I think right now, we've been talking a lot about crisis. They say that the, the people perish without a vision. Um, and I do think that um, we're seeing the election with uh, Hillary and with Trump, that there is, that neither one of them have a real vision. It's, it's a certainty that, that uh, uh, crisis uh, represents opportunity differently viewed. But what was a crisis for the dinosaurs was an opportunity for the mammals. And uh, mammalian life uh, as it exists today uh, may benefit from our extinction. So uh, the, the point of view is pretty significant as to what constitutes crisis.
If you consider that the difference between evolution and revolution is pace, we are at operating at a sort of non-Darwinian revolutionary pace uh, of uh, bounding from crisis to crisis uh, at this juncture in human history. And vast majority of, uh, of creatures uh, that nature has uh, spawned uh, throughout the history of, uh, of life on Earth uh, down to the fourth nine to the right of the decimal point, 99.9999% of all species who ever, have ever been doing things here don't do them anymore. So our odds have always been long. I want to be a billionaire so fucking bad. I'm at the point now where, um, you know, I think the ground of being, connecting with others, and realizing that the simplicity of just the presence, you know, starting with that as the starting point and the connection. And then having a sensibility for where other people are operating from, where are their sort of, where are their stuckness in terms of their own, like, understanding of self or operational, you know, how integrated are they with their emotional, you know, their emotional sensibility, their, their own, and how do they really relate to themselves internally? And I'd be honest with you, um, I'm equally terrified and surprised um, as to, you know, I think there's plenty of people operating out there with a pretty good sensibility and integrated sense, but um, I would say the majority of our culture, at least in the United States, that, that space is pretty unknown to them. Um, and... It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to live there, and it's hard to um, hard to see people in that space and, and see all the ways that people try and compensate for that externally, um, and uh, in very complicated, dysfunctional systems. We must, admit we must admit how, how powerless, powerless we, are we are against the forces, forces stacked, against, stacked us. against us. Like recovering, like recovering alcoholics, alcoholics, we must, we must confess, confess total, total defeat, defeat to our addiction. To our addiction. We, must we must wrestle with the proposition. proposition. My best, my best thinking, thinking got me got here. here.
maybe I'm thinking that things could be better. When you took that, uh, when you took that trip, were you driving? Yeah. Did you do the loneliest road? I did. Did that fuck with you? I had an interesting experience. Me too. Where? On the loneliest road. Where on the loneliest road? I was, I, I was into, I mean, Yeah. And there was nothing, I was so tired. <laughs> okay, keep going. And I, I just, it was, I had to pull over and yeah. sleep. And where? Somewhere, but there was nothing. I didn't have at that time that Google thing, ask Google. I didn't have yeah, that shit. No this was back in, I don't know. Was there like a building there? Were there no. Building? Okay. It was just like, I can't. And then what happened? I had my cat in the car. And? And I thought about, dude, it's a good thing you don't have your gun. Because if you did, I'd open the car door so Ziggy can get out. And I'll just end this fucking shit. <laughs> what do you think? I had a similar experience, but I found something. It's a fuck. <laughs> I had, um, I had a religious experience. Honestly. You did? I did. Yeah, I mean, we were up all night. We were up until, literally until like daybreak. These guys were playing songs, they were playing old <coughs> dead songs, Bob Dylan, old, you know, blues. Country, Hank Williams, all this stuff. This old deadhead and, and Russ and waitress there, and, and the owner of the bar, Russ, who was this, you know, lib libertarian kind of. He sat down. We just, I don't know how we ended up talking. He told me about how much he hated the liberals. It was like this vortex. It was a vortex. It was a vortex. No, I mean, you know, like I, I used, I told her that I wrote poetry. She said, Ooh. oh yeah? The waitress. Oh. I told the waitress that I wrote poetry. And she said, yeah, what kind of poetry? I was like, I don't know, kind of experimental, abstract. She said, what does abstract mean? And I had kind of had a moment of realization about I felt like she was a really pure, beautiful person, actually. I really liked her a lot. I liked her. And then, um, but then your higher self came in and said, "No." Yeah. And I didn't. But you know, I let her know that I thought she was beautiful. I let her know that I thought she was a really beautiful person because she she really was. You know, she told me a little bit about Russ and told me a little bit about the story of this place. Russ was the owner. You know, it turns out his son had died of some form of cancer. One of his sons had died, you know, some months earlier, and they had all, you know, gone through a difficult period. Um, um, you know, and uh, she had told me that they have this bunk 
Like if you get too drunk, they just throw you in the, the, drunk, the bunk room for free and you can stay there or you can rent a place or you can camp for free. It was like a place where they just like camp for free. And if you're too drunk to keep driving, they had a room for you. <laughs>